0: He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving laser hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else. On today's edition of Hall Access. Joining me via the Laser Hotline, Tim Brennan, multi-instrumentalist, best known perhaps as the lead guitarist and provides some vocals as well for Dropkick Murphys. Tim. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thank you. Great to have you today. Thanks for your time.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: The new album from Dropkick Murphys, the band's 11th, is This Machine Still Kills Fascists and it was released at the tail end of September. The vinyl just arrived last Friday. I finally got my copy, which I'm happy about. I'm excited to have you fellas back in Des Moines tomorrow night at Hoyt Sherman Place, man.
1: Yeah, we can't wait and it's been we've we've been having a great time on this on this trip. Um, you know, it's certainly something different for us doing um, these sort of acoustic sets as it were, but uh, it's been so much fun.
0: Let's start with the title of the album, Tim, a nod to the late, great Woody Guthrie, who has inspired you and your band more than the casual fan probably realizes, even after 25 years of Dropkick history. This idea to craft an album's worth of acoustic songs using Guthrie's words, when and how did that come about?
1: Well, uh, I mean, I suppose it initially started the first time that the band uh, worked with the the, uh, the Guthrie people, uh, led by Woody's daughter, Nora. Um, is, I think it was about 2003 when Nora was first made aware of us as a band. And, um, you know, seemed to think that, uh, that we shared, you know, sort of uh, similar traits to, uh, to Woody in some ways, I guess. And um, so at the time she was having people, you know, put music to these unpublished lyrics of Woody's that she had. And so two songs came from that. One was called Gonna Be a Blackout Tonight, and the other one was Shipping Up to Boston, which a lot of people don't know um, you know, even though it's our most well-known song, a lot of people don't know that that's a Willie Guthrie lyric.
0: Is that just a trip for you to hear from his daughter when she says things like, you know, you, you're basically your kindred spirits, and uh, the guy that wrote this land is your. La- I mean, that's 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 big, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, and then you know, just as music fans uh, alone, that's some of the craziest because it's the craziest compliment we could
0: be paid. Right. I was browsing your Wikipedia page trying to get a gauge as to just how many instruments you have learned how to play over the course of your lifetime, Tim. Are the majority of them completely unique in terms of the learning curve and method, or are there some common themes that run through certain instruments that help translate those skill sets between one another?
1: But that's a good question. A lot of uh a lot of the instruments is, as far as like the Irishy stuff that that we play is like tenor banjos and mandolins mm-hmm. and things like that. A lot of those are tuned the same or similarly, so that helps when you're when you're first uh getting your head around it. Um for whatever reason I have a, I've uh, I have a, a fairly good ear, uh so that helps me uh that helps me when i'm trying to find my way around something new um so it doesn't necessarily have to be uh the same as as one of the other ones i'll still try to try to get something out of it but um uh it, it certainly does help in some cases like you know like i said like tenor banjo and the way that we would tune the bazooki and the mandolin it's all the same so hmm. that helps yeah <laughs>
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the first contributions you made as a member of the Dropkick Murphys was the accordion. Is that right?
1: That is correct, yes.
0: Ironically, I just watched Weird Al Yankovic's incredibly entertaining biopic on Roku. He's about the only other artist I could think of that plays accordion. Are you a fan of his at all?
1: Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, uh, I can't wait to see that movie. I haven't seen it yet. but. uh, Oh, my God. Um, I'm a fan of, I mean, you see, like, I can get, my, I, I can get around the right side of the accordion, like the, the keyboard part of the accordion. Um, when I was growing up, uh, I listened to a lot of Irish music, and the Pogues were my favorite band, and, and so, um, you know, I learned how to do a lot of that sort of stuff, but when you see somebody that can actually play the accordion, it is quite an impressive thing. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but what have you heard about the biopic? Anything?
1: Yeah, I've heard some things here and there, but uh, uh, I'm—I mean, I can't wait to see it. It's, it's,
0: dude, I'm telling you right now, it is incredible. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe alone—that's amazing. Yeah, but. I,
1: yeah. When when I found out, like, so the first thing that I saw was the Daniel Radcliffe thing, and I didn't—I didn't really understand what was happening at first because it was just like pictures, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, well, that seems odd. And then when I when I realized like what the deal with the movie was, I was like, oh my god, that's genius! Is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then every little bit that I've seen, um, I love so many of those comedians that are in it. Like um, all of the most, uh, 90% of the podcasts that I listen to are like those that group of comedians, like the Comedy Bang Bang guys and Paul F. Tompkins and things like that. All those guys. That show up in the in the movie, so I've seen little bits, and uh, I just can't wait to see the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to ruin it for you, man. All I'm going to say is, don't walk, run to Roku and see it as soon as you can. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick the accordion up at a young age, or was that later on in life for you?
1: Uh, I was probably I was probably about 15 when I started fooling around with it. Um, uh, like I said, I was a big Pogues fan, and James Fernley was uh, I thought he like I'd never the accordion was super cool before I saw him play it and um, and just kind of wanted to learn how to play along with a lot of those songs. I was in a band at the time with a kid who uh, whose father was a musician and just had an accordion laying around, and I noticed that it did move over the course of like a year and a half, so I asked if I could borrow it one day. And then uh, I ended up um, just sort of, uh, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents, uh, sitting in my room and trying to figure out how to play the accordion. They had to sit through me learning some real weird stuff. I mean, my 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 main thing, uh, the my main instrument that I play is the drums, and so like they, they had to deal with a lot of uh, a lot of bad noise.
0: When I was a kid. <laughs> I'm sure there's an interesting gateway story to how you ended up playing all of these different instruments that we know that you're able to play. Uh, that speaking of a podcast would probably be a great topic for a podcast with you sometime, and we'll shelve that for now because we got plenty right. of other things to talk about. <laughs> but multi instrumentalist Tim Brennan of Dropkick Murphy's is my guest. The bander and Des Moines at Hoyt Sherman Place tomorrow night in support of their new album, This Machine Still Kills Fascists. Dropkicks going unplugged. Now, for you as lead. Guitarist and a guy that probably used to arranging music a certain way. I can imagine this album stretched the creative muscles quite a bit musically.
1: Yeah, and it was a super exciting thing to do. You know, it's it, when you're when you're in a band that has like loud electric guitars and things like that. Like it's very easy to sort of create dynamics throughout a, a recorded piece of music. This part gets quiet. This part gets loud. Boom, bam. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, And then when you're dealing with all acoustic uh, stuff, acoustic guitars and and that sort of thing, it was fun to sort of figure out different ways to, to, to use those dynamics and to sort of, you know, uh, whereas, um, you know, well, normally the verse, we would kind of chug through it and then the chorus. We would open it up big and, and everything. And you can't really do that. You don't have the same parameters when you're recording with just acoustic stuff. And, um, and so it was a real fun challenge to try to figure out how to, like, you know, build different dynamics within the songs and, uh, and that sort of thing. So it was, it was challenging, but it was so much fun because when, when we would come up against a, a roadblock like that, uh, this doesn't sound right for whatever reason, when we, would, when we would figure out how to solve the problem, it was always an
0: exhilarating thing. I've heard Ken talk about some of that stuff, and it's almost like MacGyver-like, some of the things you guys came up with in the studio.
1: Yeah, there was some weird stuff that we did, yeah, and a lot of that uh, thanks to uh, the creative mind of of our, our lovely producer, Ted Hutt. He, he really encourages us
0: to, to do weird stuff like that. That's very cool. What's it like on one hand to channel the words and the spirit of Woody Guthrie, but also craft a collection of songs that still maintains the Dropkick's DNA at the same time? I mean, that's a really interesting clash between those worlds sonically.
1: Yeah, you know, what's funny is when we first thought about doing a full album's worth, we I think the the initial thought is that we would just do it like a normal Dropkick's album, uh, electric and everything. Um, but then, um, you know, uh, gave it a lot more thought, and, and at the, you know, at the end of the day, all the Woody songs were, were done on, with just mostly just him and an acoustic guitar. and um, so that's sort of why we, we went that way, but, um, it was a thrilling experience to be, to be doing it like that.
0: How about when it comes to the live show, Tim, making sure the arrangements are doable since you're performing the album in its entirety on this tour, right?
1: Yeah. And not, uh, we're not doing it, um, uh, like front to back, but it is, we do end up doing a whole album's worth of, of songs throughout the set. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it did take some, some figuring out, uh, you know, luckily I was so, uh, I had intimate knowledge of what the music is doing, uh, on, on all these songs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I, I was, I was able to kind of go through and be like, all right, well, what's the, what are the main things that need to happen when we recreate this live? You know what I mean? Um, and I think we've done a, a great job of.
0: Of doing that. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at Hoyt Sherman Place here in Des Moines. Tim Brennan of Dropkick Murphys. Thanks so much for your time, man. It's great talking to you.
1: Thank you. Great talking to you, too. We can't wait. We hope everyone has such a blast.
0: And maybe down the road somewhere we can have that gateway conversation and and make it into some sort of a podcast. That might be fun.
1: That's going to be a long podcast. (laughs) But I'm down.
0: (laughs) Right on, Tim. Very cool, man. Thanks again for your time.
1: Thank you. Take care. Bye. See you,
0: buddy.